Warning, like many Irish people, the F word can be like punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maria. That's amazing. Oh, Thank you brilliant. so much. This is Straight Talking Mental Health. It's your weekly podcast where we just talk straight about mental health. Simple as that. My name is Peter Dunn and this guy here is... Alan Clark. You're looking the very man formal The man who puts today. the rap and psychotherapist. There you go. The rap and psychotherapist. <laughs> looking formal. I'm back down the office later on. So. Ah, very good. I've been getting a haircut. Getting the fucking haircut. Have the haircut booked in. <laughs> so, straight from here to get the haircut. Yeah. yeah I'm for it. I'm going on Sunday. That's my plan. Sunday. Mm. My barber is open on Sunday and it's really quiet when you go in first thing in the morning. It's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're not sitting around for an hour waiting to get your hair cut, mm. listening to bzzz and bzzz <laughs> in the background. It's just straight in. <laughs> so you should go to Barber's right over to put on all the fucking 90s hip hop for me. Oh, tell us what to play there, Alan. Give us a good one. Give us a good one. <laughs> Yeah, sound lads. <laughs> schooling, schooling these whippersnappers. You like James Brown to MC Hammer? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, so we're asking you today: Could you give up booze for a year? No beer, no wine, no gin, go teetotal. So we're going to talk to a man who's on the verge of going a year without booze, and he'll tell you exactly what it's like and why he's doing it, Mister Clark. Have mm. you reached the uh, the checkered flag yet? This is the last Your week. Weight loss this target. is the last week. Have you have nailed you it? Your, have you got your phone beside you? Have I got my phone beside me? Uh, I do. Oh, yeah, I better right. put it on silent. Okay. I'm going, to, I'm going to send you a message and you can you can say whether I have or I haven't. Okay. So right. I started out. So for anyone who's only checking in, uh, we were kind of like talking about lockdown and we said, well, what could we do? Uh, what could we do to kind of over lockdown? Is there any little projects or anything? He's been working away on the building his little office studio there. And I said, well, I'm going to set myself the goal to, to, to lose some weight. So six weeks ago, I started out 12-8 uh, uh, was the goal. And I thought, right, I'll try and get to, I'll try and get to 12 uh, over, over the six weeks. Uh, last week wasn't good. I maintained over the last two weeks. I was stuck at kind of 3.8 or 12, 3.8. So I'm going to... Just sending it to Peter there now. So you can say whether he did or didn't do it. Lovely stuff. Right, let's have a look at this. So you started out at 12 to 8 mm. and you weighed in today, December 3rd, at 10 to 8 in the morning. Mm-hmm. 11 stone 12 pounds. Well done, yeah. my man. Excellent. <laughs> oh, man, I went fucking Brilliant. hard at it during the week. I went fucking hard. I've been starving. <laughs> <laughs> you don't starve walks. yourself when you're losing yeah, weight. It was more an experiment. You know, because I was saying last week, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm at 12, eight, I'm at 12, 3.8. Ah, fuck it, I'll get to 12 before Christmas, like. And then I just kind of like, could I do it? And it was just more of a kind of curiosity and an experiment of going, mm-hmm. well, what way does your weight go here? So I basically just, I'd have breakfast and I'd have my lunch before I go to work and that was it. Um, and it was kind of an, ex- uh, the experiment then of going, well, what would it be like then in the evening? I'd be fucking starving because normally I come in from work and I'd be hungry. And I was like, uh, let me kind of sit with that hunger and see uh, see what it's like. Mm. So I was going out for walks, you know, some days, twice a day. Uh, you know, I put the post up uh, at the weekend. I was out half eight Sunday morning. I was out for a walk. It was the same on Saturday, back out for a walk then later on. Um, so played off though. Hit the, hit the, well, got below the goal weight. Well done. So Excellent. I was delighted with that uh, this morning then when, I, when I weighed in. Fair play to you. I'm just looking here. You've got a body fat of 17.7%, a 
uh, which is pretty good. BMI of 23.8, not bad. Mm. Um, muscle mass of nine stone, stone four pounds. Well done, dude. Looking good. Looking yeah, good. They, those, some of those numbers were in the orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMI, I think, was in was in the orange to start with, and then there's another one that's not shown on that. Um, so it says your metabolic age or something like that. Whatever mm. the fuck that is. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. says your... forty. Yeah, so which is well, not bad. You're younger than your actually. Yeah, age. yeah, yeah. Fair play to you. Yeah. Well done. So yeah, got there. Excellent. Well done. How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, yeah. yeah, feels good, man. I was happy now this morning. I was. Mm. I've been kind of checking it every day, just as a kind of. Uh, what way does your weight fluctuate? You know, throughout mm. the day and uh, stuff like that. So I've been kind of treating the last week. Just as an experiment, I go, what's that look like? What's that look like? So okay. I'm kind of weighing myself in the morning, I weigh myself in the evening, weigh myself again in the morning. So you're definitely lighter in the morning than you are oh, yeah. at night time. Like, so. um, but yeah, no, it was good. That's, 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 the, that's, that's the lightest I've been in a long time. I started, wow. I started the year after last Christmas at uh, 13 stone. And I had set myself the goal originally of getting to 12 for my birthday. Mm. And I thought that would have been thought it would have been doable. Like you know, not going mad, just watching the calories and uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then lockdown happened, and I was like, "Fuck that shit!" Yeah, <laughs> eat all the shit. <laughs> but you do have to be in the right frame of mind mm. to lose weight or to mm. put a fitness uh, goal. Yeah, uh, or yeah. Uh, have a fitness target because you can't just say, "Right, Monday, I'm going to do this and this." You have to be up for it because I've tried it recently myself. I went from going, um, doing a certain type of exercise to say, right, I'm going to switch up. I'm going to do more cardio as opposed to weights. Mm, and mm. then come Monday, I just went, oh, head's not yeah, in it. Yeah, but yeah, I keep yeah. doing the weights and see how it go. Mm. But it just, I, I had no real desire or end goal to do it. But, mm. you know, you have to be in the right frame of mind. Mm. Oh, totally. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'd also set myself the goal. I hadn't mentioned it on here to uh, work out every morning of lockdown. Um, and I did that. Mm. So that was another little a little goal for myself. Well done. Um, Will you keep it up? Was contributing. I think. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, I'll try. You know, like I said, the last week I've been fairly restricted. Like, um, mm. so I'm looking forward to being able to eat some more stuff. Because <laughs> it was like, okay, well, if I can get to it, and then I'll just maintain, and then I'll chip away what I was doing mm. earlier. You know, go for a walk, do the exercises, yeah. uh, and just watch the calories. Just be cautious of the calories. But this That's week it. I went fucking get I went ham, man. As well. I went fucking ham. You know, hard as a motherfucker. Yeah, no, um, I drink the water. I'd always make it. It's uh, always in work with every client. I, I try to drink a glass of water. Mm. Um, so you know, I'd get you know as many cup, as many glasses of water into a day as I could. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we need water for our brains anyway. Your brain's about 75% is, yeah. water. So. so your body is like 90% water. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, you know, you can just go from gear five to gear three. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, maintain yeah, exactly. a level yeah. of fitness and just watch your calorie. Yeah. Then every so often, go back up to fifth gear, come back down yeah. to third. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting. It was, as I said, it was more an experiment to see, can I do it? You know, what, what will this look like? Mm. And I wasn't going, oh, fuck it, I did or I didn't. It was just yeah. going out of it that, with that. Uh, well done. Uh, attitude of curiosity yeah. absolutely fantastic We're fucking ham man and I got there the latest the latest I've been in years so. what do you mean ham the, the podcast ham I was a motherfucker oh I thought you meant you were eating too much ham I was going to say no, ham no, is no. good for you dude <laughs> trim the fat off it you'd be grand hip hop ham man I was a motherfucker what's been going on with you do you know what I discovered the other day and it just completely and utterly blew my mind hmm I never knew that Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek was yeah, the yeah. mam in Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. 
<laughs> fuck's sake, man. I never knew that. And it was, somebody just had it up on Twitter. Yeah. And I looked at it and went, hardly. And you're one out of Adam, the, the Adams family. Oh, no, Beetlejuice. No, Beetlejuice. Yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. the hell is that? How did I miss that? I'm normally yeah. the king at good pause and stuff. going, guess what he was out of? Guess what she was out of? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. You've been getting through Shit's Creek then. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on, I think I'm last episode of series four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It, it gets it's better and better and better, you know. It's <laughs> um, so funny. It's, it's a burner, but it is. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. Like, yeah. Um, and funny enough, uh, when I was on Twitter the other day, I followed um, Dan Levy, mm. and uh, who the is... Um, Shit's Creek. Yeah, creator. And, and uh, he's... Eugene. David. David. <laughs> David. Did you watch that video? Did you the Netflix? No, video? I didn't. No, oh, man, you got to watch that. But he's got a picture. His cover picture is uh, a picture of the Queen. With the exact same look that he pulls off on the show, <laughs> so you have to check. He's it always out. in black and white, isn't he? He's always in black. Or That's black right. And white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I, it's amazing. It's it's absolutely hilarious. I love. That'll it. be another one. I'll definitely, I'll definitely rewatch that all again. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it has to be done. It has to be mm, done. Mm. Um, but uh, I just want to get to some correspondence before mm. we go any further. Go ahead. A big shout to Nick Imola. I think that's the right way to pronounce it. I'm not 100% sure. Nick is listening in Toronto. So he emailed us here during the week to say, thank you so much for making this podcast. You've helped me a lot lately. I came bad with such horrible social anxiety and depression lately. Your show has given me hope that I will get better one day. I felt so alone and your show has brought me back. I listen to all your podcasts when I'm at work to calm me down. I'm wondering if you could do a show about social anxiety and dive into it a little deeper. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, we can do that. We'll do a Thank you, Nick. On, uh, That's amazing to hear. Yeah, thanks very much, Nick. Thank thanks you for so much. the time to, to email us. Uh, yeah, we'll do one on the, on the social brain. Yeah, I'll, mm. I'll tell the way our brains are hired, hardwired and... Um, Stuff like that'll be interesting. Getting into yeah. polyvagal, polyvagal theory and stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds. We great. will. We we'll, we'll add that to the list, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And Paul got in touch as well. And uh, Paul has uh, his story here, and he was wondering, will we talk a little bit more about relationships? Uh, that's definitely something we will be doing yeah. in yeah. the future. And Paul, we will get back to you on that definitely. So thanks very much for getting in touch. If anybody wants to get in touch, straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you or. Mm. Get us on the social channels. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. But I've uh, I've got another another comment that uh, I I I never seen this before because this came mm. in um, I think it was October. So um, uh, it was on Apple, and um, I think the majority of our listeners are on Spotify yeah, and yeah. Uh, Podbean and all that. We but, got our um, Spotify year in review. In review, have you got that on your app? Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, did you get your year in review? Yeah, you, you, get, there's one for podcasters as well, so I'll, I'll give some of the. Um, oh, brilliant! After you, um, you get to that correspondence, there. This is from Maria from Great Britain, okay. mm. and she left us a, a five star review. Thanks very much, Maria. Uh, only listened to three episodes, but I love this. No nonsense. Often forty five minutes of crack, followed by some absolutely mind blowing nugget that is pure gold. Warning, sure. like many Irish people, the F word can be like punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Maria. That's amazing. Oh, Thank you brilliant. so much. Thanks very much. Can we so reply to go. that? Can, can you reply? Can you reply? I don't know. I don't. You kind of look after that side. Like, yeah. I, I, Spotify side and stuff like that. Of course that. I do. Yeah. No problem. Mm. <laughs> That's cool. Um, 
Yeah, so thank you so much. And actually, do you know something? We rank very well in podcast charts in the United Arab Emirates. Do we? You know, we do. It's yeah. awesome, man. This is weird. It's, it's, weird. it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally, we rank yeah. better there than we do in Ireland. I and mean, now we have more listeners in Great Britain than we do in Ireland. Oh, I didn't check the stats. Have you That's checked amazing. them? Uh, yeah, I checked them for November. So there okay. you go. Let me check yeah. here. Yeah, they were neck. They were neck and neck there. Yeah. The last I checked last week. Um, in terms in terms of the UK, that's amazing. Say Ireland will come back up because we seen the drop in. Uh, we seen the drop in listeners during in lockdown. Ireland. That's right. Yeah, mm. which was which gave us that indicator that many people and as many people tell us, um, uh, they listen to their way to and from work. That's right. Um, so yeah, so that was that was clearly evident. Um, mm. Which was which was really cool, like. Um, so Spotify wrapped. Yeah, Spotify wrapped. Yeah, that's that's my smile. That's one of my smiles. Anyway, oh, personally, I, I love getting that. Um, yeah, I love getting the wrapped. So your voice resonated around the world in forty nine countries. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. that's fucking mental, man. Wow, isn't, isn't that crazy? Country. Like? I can't even name yeah. forty nine countries. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's um I don't know what's going on with Spotify. It only counts us at twenty three episodes, but it tells us we dropped within those twenty three episodes. Mm-hmm. One thousand six hundred and ninety one minutes of wow. shite talk. Yeah. <laughs> and that was only last week. Jesus yeah. Christ. We spoke shite last week. I do apologize to all of our yeah, listeners good, from good. the uh, part yeah. three of Mindfulness because we spoke shite. Yeah, well, no one told us otherwise. Shite. So it was a good one. Well, you're the one that edited, so it wasn't. No, I didn't edit. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> I fucking thought I seen when you sent it all up, all up there, man. I checked the drive. Two hours. I was like, oh fuck, that's that's a bit long. Yeah, it was a bit long. Yeah, so I do apologise to anybody, but um, you yeah, never get countries. That's on Spotify, so I don't know what we get on on all of the other bits, but that's that's the stats yeah. from Spotify. Sixty one percent of our listeners it's absolutely come absolutely from Spotify. Incredible. You never guess who my most listened to artist on Spotify is and I looked at it and I thought Alan's going to be really proud of this Dermot Kennedy no Gangstar no don't know Jedi Mind Tricks oh fuck yeah man <laughs> Jesus yeah but I was looking at it going I don't listen to Jedi Mind Tricks that much no I, I liked them yeah. obviously but and then it occurred mm. to me my things differently <laughs> my gym album is Servants in Heaven, Kings in Hell. Oh, great album. What an incredible album. Yeah, That's the album yeah, I work yeah. out to. Yeah, And there's yeah. not a bad song on that, and they're all upbeat. Yeah. What is that? That was, I was clicking into my Spotify, but it was yeah. playing music for not the... Yeah. Thank you for interrupting <laughs> me. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, uh, my, my most listened to. And G- When the Light Goes Out, you know that song? Or When the Light Dies Out. When all the lights go out, where will you be? Do you know that one? Yeah, yeah. When you hear that song and you're on the treadmill, you go from 10K to 15K (laughs) and you're just... "Ah!" (laughs) How many minutes did you have? Did you get your minutes? Uh, I think it was like 5,000 minutes or something like that. Yeah, you whipped me there. I got 4,282. Wow. Oh, no. You spent 4,282 minutes listening to podcasts this year. (laughs) No, no way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, well. Where's where's my music? This is all me fucking... This is all me. There you go. Uh, 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 There you go. Your phone's full. Yeah. Um, yeah. My most listened to was... um, Dermot Kennedy. (laughs) 
No, no, no. <laughs> My will come as no surprise for people that have listened was Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say as far as we're going, does this motherfucker listen to anything else <laughs> since February? <laughs> and it gave me the first play of it, uh, which was when I was in London after seeing the show. Um, and since then, I've just been obsessed with it. Like, mm. um, so I'm trying, I had me minutes here a second ago. Where was it? You know, you get to 4,000. Was that, oh, no, that was, was that, that was on my podcast. That was on my podcast. Sweet divine Jesus. So my, my minutes listened on music, twenty six thousand and ninety seven. Wow, and that's top only music on Spotify. That's, that's not including music on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. And my top artists, top songs, mm-hmm. top songs. Wait for it. Satisfied. My shot. Right hand man. Guns and ships. Uh, all from the Hamilton soundtrack all the Hamilton soundtrack (laughs) and all of the artists brilliant (laughs) so um, number one genre was hip hop and Hamilton was my number one album of the year and everything else (laughs) yeah yeah but we have two Spotify accounts we won downstairs on Laura Laura pays premium Spotify Mm -hmm. so that's on Alexa so it's grand. I can just go down and go, Alexa, play whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, the um, Google Assistant too, yeah. Exactly. She'll come back with whatever. Alexa, whatever the hell radio from Peace Spotify. What's that? Uh, Alexa heard you something there. Ale- <laughs> Alexa is playing whatever the hell radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talking, speaking of Alexa and the Google Home. Google James a little. Alexa. James. Stop. Can say nothing about her. You can, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? You can yeah. say nothing about her at all. <laughs> oh, typical woman. Yeah. <laughs> so I was listening. Takes it all in. <laughs> Builds it up then for the argument. <laughs> Never forget. Well. You can go, yeah. At the end of the year, she'll tell you how many minutes you spent listening to music. Yeah. Who you listened to. Why you listened to them. What genre mm. the fucking thing was. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> James <laughs> Little Bollocks was up in bed uh, <laughs> last week. And I had the Google assistant in my room, his room, one in the kitchen, one was in the room. Yeah. And then the TV is hooked up to them as well. And I'm sitting there watching, I was playing video game, going up to bed. The next thing, this YouTube video comes on for Transformers. And I'm looking, going, where the fuck did I sit on the, I must have sat in the remote. Do the little bollocks is up in bed going, hey Google, play fucking this, this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, little bollocks. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and now it's doing it, it's after hearing me. Yeah. Hey Google. Cancel. Can't say nothing. You can say nothing. Yeah. Oh, well. Like you little bollocks. <laughs> he did it to me two or three times. <laughs> um, so your smile is uh, so Spotify. Spotify was one of my spies. Nice yeah. Another one of them. <laughs> as I talk about James again, we were playing. We were playing Lego Harry Potter the other day. We were completing the fourth one where where Voldemort comes in and we were trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then all you hear of him is, oh, oh, this lad is some dickhead. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I don't forget you weird Oh my mammy. Oh. <laughs> well, I brought me bollocks laughing. <laughs> so I, I was texting her about Christmas then later on. I was like, oh, you better watch what you're saying. She's like, why? I told her what happened. She goes, oh shit, that was me. I was here the other day. I was talking to one of the girls. Like, oh yeah, I never liked him. He was a bit of a dickhead. I said, well, <laughs> he heard it all. I said, I hope you weren't talking about me. She goes, oh, I call you a lot worse. I was like, yeah, fucking ask me bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Our nowhere. Oh, 
this guy's some dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, well, he was saying it about Voldemort, so at least he was using it in the right context. He might have a point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's one of my smiles. Oh, uh, another brilliant. one of my smiles is kind of, uh, it's a weird kind of smile. Did you see the Formula One at the weekend? You're not oh, yeah. I thought you were going to mention Grosjean. this. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Grosjean's crash. Roman, yeah. Oh, man, Grosjean. Fucking hell, man. Wow, that was unreal. Uh, the safety in the Formula One um, is just absolutely incredible. Mm. Uh, so what, for anyone that didn't see it, basically, went off went through the barrier which ripped the car in half and um, ignited the fuel cell and he was engulfed in flames for 20 seconds then uh, on the Formula 1 cars there's what's called the halo which goes over the driver's head so it goes from the front of the car and, it, and it's kind of shaped like a Y or a V and it goes over the driver's head so basically that went under and that raised up the barrier which caused it to split and essentially stopped him from being decapitated. Wow. Is that yeah. its use or is it That's its use, yeah. Or cars go over or wheel wheel comes off a car. Yeah. Um, it, it just stops it from hitting hitting the driver's head. I would save a couple of drivers. Amazing, it has saved yeah. a couple of lives in the meantime. It came in after Jules Bianchi was, was killed. Jules Bianchi was the first death in Formula 1 a couple of years ago since Ayrton Senna. Um, he went under... He went under a digger. He went under a JCB kind of thing uh, as they were taking away a car uh, in in wet conditions. And so Grosjean, 20 20 seconds in it and uh, gets out. A couple of burns on his hands, broken rib, a couple of burns on his feet. Mm. Putting pictures up on Instagram later on that evening. I've seen him in hospital. You know, fucking incredible. Wow. Yeah. It's the first time, it's like I've been watching Formula One since 98, 98 or 99. And it's the first time I've ever watched a race where I thought I've just seen a death. Mm. Um, it was because you just you don't see fire like that in Formula mm-hmm. One. You know they have a fuel cell and the way it's built and all that. It's incredible. But just the way the car got split in half, uh, yeah. I, I was sure. I was like, oh fuck, he's dead. He's mm. dead. Um, never seen anyone die, have you? Uh, no, thankfully I haven't. Mm. No, I did. No. I seen I seen a person die. It was in Lanzarote. First time on a sun holiday. It was actually with James and my son held because normally I'd go on city breaks and I'd be mad for going exploring and all that. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, no, nah, you know, we'll go. Um, so son held I was like, it was great. Dumped the bags in the hotel. She's like, come on, we'll walk down here. She'd been to Lanzarote loads of times. So we're walking down by the beach. Next thing you see, this guy being carried out of the sea. Uh, fucking people rushing over, CPR, doctors, ambulance. I stayed there for the hour to see if they'd if they'd revive him or if he if he died he died. Um, it's weird. It's weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, she she couldn't watch it, but um, I don't know, maybe maybe it was a morbid fascination. But there was a part of me just hanging in there to see if they could save him. But you now the doctors and everything. There were forty five minutes. They were taking turns yeah. doing CPR on them and stuff like that. Um, and then blanket over him and uh, put him in the back of the ambulance. It's weird, you know. That was that was the start of my holiday. Ten minutes out, five minutes Christ. outside the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. literally just landed the Lanzarote, dumped the bags, and that was it. My God. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was strange. Strange. Yeah. How did you feel after it? Uh, I was kind of. That was okay. Like, like I said, it was more kind of fuck. I just seen someone die, like, mm. which was which was strange. Yeah, yeah. Um. It was, it was, as I said, it was, I was watching it, it was coupled with the hope of are they going to save him or yeah, am I yeah. watching someone die here? Yeah. Um, 
you were in the there balance guy, of one the guy that brought him out he was fucking traumatised um, and mm. he just happened to be Irish and uh, I went over and obviously everyone was coming up kind of gossiping oh what happened what happened this yeah. and there was one with him saying no he's not talking I said no look I said I heard his accent I said there's my card if you get back to Ireland or if you need to talk uh, give me a shout mm. like, oh Jesus oh thanks very much thanks very much did he ever get in touch no no mm. Yeah. Um, no, I've I've never no, I've never seen anybody die. I've seen somebody in an accident that they eventually died from. Mm. Uh, I was only, I think, about eleven, and I seen a guy uh, trip and fall, bang his head, mm. and he was carried from the incident to a tea room where the lads were trying to force tea into him, telling him he was grand. Fuck. Yeah, found out the next week he passed away from his injuries, you know. Yeah, just a trip and a fall. He was running. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, kind of just running along a footpath that was slippy and tripped, banged down on the head, thought nothing of it. The the lads he was with thought nothing of it. Uh, but I, I still remember him being carried under each mm, arm, you mm, know. Mm. And they plunked him down there. Go, well, get a cup of tea. You'd be grand. You'd be grand. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I watched, I watched the race, I watched the Formula 1 race where uh, Jules Bianchi died, all right, but no one knew at the time he was okay when they took him out, he died afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was in the race, but it was nothing like the Grosjean crash the yeah. other day. Hey, um, it's just supposed to be smiles, we sound very miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry about that, we, we got talking about that, but, but my but smile was death. around Grosjean's alive and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. the safety standards in Formula 1 are just incredible. They are, and yeah. Schumacher name is coming back into Formula That's 1. That's right, Mick is, yeah, Mick is in. Mick yeah. is, Mick is stepping right. up, yeah, mm. in, into the Haas team. So I, I, I went to the Spanish Grand Prix uh, two years ago and I was I was probably more excited to see him in, was, I don't know if he was in Formula 2 or Formula 3 at the time. Formula 2, I think he was in at the time. Mm. To see him, I was like, fuck me, you know, shoot the Schumacher name in a car again. Back again, and, yeah. And he's there on merit, you know, he's leading, he's leading the F2, he's leading the championship. Mm. It all comes down to the wire in the next two weeks. The top three or four drivers are in contention, but 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 he's he's leading it. So yeah, brilliant, yeah. absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What's your smiles, man? Uh, smiles. I I think your Buddhism stuff is rubbing off on me a little bit. Whatever. Their first lockdown in March. Uh, we normally in springtime we get um, the flower boxes and just mm. get flowers plunked a bit of, Stick yeah, them around yeah, the front yeah. of the house, you know, they look nice, water them every mm. day and that. Mm. But about, I'd say about a month into it, they started to get all withered mm. and they were just crumbling away to nothing. And I was looking at them driving in going, ah, they look horrible, they look like weeds in a box. Mm. So I said, right, I'll dump these. Obviously it didn't work or we didn't water them enough or whatever. Mm. So... I left them around the back of the house and I said, right, I'll dump them later on. So I forgot mm. about them. And we've got a south-facing garden, which means we get all our sun in the, mm. the back of the house. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I walked past them and I went, oh, shit, they've completely bloomed again. Mm. You know, back up, absolutely incredible. Lovely colours, your Set purples, pinks, yellows and everything. And it, it's kind of like a little a metaphor for life. I mm. think, you know, if you're in the right conditions, you're getting yeah. the right nutrients, you're yeah. surrounded by the right yeah. things, you will bloom. Exactly the same you as know, humans, man. That's, Give you us know, the right conditions in childhood and we will thrive. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just it stared me in the face and I went, wow, that is mm. incredible. Nah. But um, 
gradually to start to wither because that's what happens with flowers. We're that's into December now. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I was looking at them the other day and I went, Grand, look, I'll dump them in the organic bin and you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll set them up, I'll put the boxes away. Mm-hmm. But in each box there was still one flower that was perfect. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. Wow. And the rest of them were withered around it. Mm-hmm. You know, the rest of them had crumbled away and the soil was dry and everything. And I just said to Laura, I said, look, as long as there's life in them boxes, I'm not throwing them out. And Whoa. she just went, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> 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 but as long as there's a bit of life there, I just can't, mm. I can't dump them out. You know, as yeah, long as there's, yeah, yeah. and I was I looking at them this morning before we recorded. And uh, yeah, they're still blooming away. One or two of them per box. You know what I mean? While 90% of it is withered, Mm. crumbled away to nothing, there's still life in there. And there's still one or two that are are looking looking great. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to dump it. Yeah, fair play, man. Yeah, flowers will be a large, flowers will actually play a large part in in Buddhism in terms of impermanence. What's impermanence? Impermanence is that nothing lasts. Everything is subject to change. Everything will die and wither away, including us. Um, so yeah, so you'd constantly have flowers on a shrine and stuff like that as as a reminder of of impermanence. Mm-hmm. This beauty will will fade and wither. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just thought it was nice, but I mm. wouldn't have it wouldn't have opened my eyes be for this podcast. Yeah. You know yeah, the things you've spoken about, the things mm. we we conclude on. You know what I mean? Their your mm. your outlooks, the, the mm. different way you see things. You know, so you do you see things differently. <laughs> Absolutely, so I have a quite a unique outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a rile. Ah, uh, fucking wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Did you see the fucking headlines this morning of people handing out parents handing out fucking anti-vaccination stuff at outside of school down in Cork? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Dickheads. Um, <laughs> You'll always have that, though, won't you? You'll always yeah. have people. But you know what the ironic thing is? Every one of them fuckers are fucking vaccinated. Yeah, they'd all have we had all their, their fucking vaccines when we were some kids. Stage, yeah, yeah there are yeah. MMRs and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Fuck it, yeah. So that's, I'm not going into much because you know what I mean? My man, if you get me started on that, that would be no fucking end. So my other royal ones. You <laughs> see me picture the car the other day? Mm. Washed and polished oh. the car all on right. Saturday. Yeah. Went out for a walk. Like I said, I was mad to burn the calories. I'm like, what else can I do? I'm going to wash mm-hmm. the car, polish the car. Had the car fucking sparkling. And it was like just black, shiny. Power washed it. Love hand it. washed it with sponge and car shampoo. Dried it off. Applied the polish. Hand buffed the polish. Sparkling. Now one fucking journey in the car and it's fucking destroyed. <laughs> from the wet road because it's not even raining oh it's just, yeah you know when the road's just wet yeah that's that's the weather where you fucking go through all your windshield wiper all the fluid yeah for it's me it tends care. to be stuck behind a truck yeah and you're just I got one pulling journey pulling back the, the handle yeah one <laughs> journey and it's fucking filthy yeah so that's 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 me royal all my, all my hard work <laughs> you know just get it washed in the car wash six quid that'll do the trick I'm going to get mine like, for Christmas. I, I kind of like doing it. <laughs> uh, I might just give it a power wash and a, and a wash. I don't think I'll bother polishing it. Yeah, yeah but if you give it a wash, if you give it a wash, it's going to kind of dry the little Stain, specks know, yeah. and all. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I used to wash cars for a living. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come on up to Calair here, man. You can go fucking go mad again. Dude. <laughs> you can relive your youth. <laughs> you can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's something great about it, and um, yeah, yeah, it was. Nice. I like it's one of the ones, like you say, when you when you cut the grass and you stand back with the hands on the hips. 
yeah. like that. No, that looks good. Gun, yeah. Looking at the car, I was like, ah, fucking sparkling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For one fucking day. <laughs> it's just right. I'll put a picture up. I'll put a picture up during the yeah. week so people can see the before and after. So that's your royal. That's my royal. Yeah. yeah no, that's what's your royal? Um, my royal is. Uh, I know we kind of we kind of spoke about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Um, basically, during the week, uh, Manchester United footballer Edison Cavani. He's from Uruguay. Mm. He put up um, uh, a post on Instagram, and a friend of his responded. So he responded to his friend uh, in Spanish. Mm. And you speak Spanish fluently. Uh, see, um, see? <laughs> not fluently, <laughs> but I'm going to learn Italian, I, man. I can you hold the conversation. Um, You've inspired me. But he, uh, are you learning Italian? I'm going to start learning. Oh, good yeah. man! Yeah, Very I'm going good. to take out a few of the apps. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. go and Duolingo. Duolingo is excellent. Duolingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Go for that. Love Italian. Love the Italian. Yeah, I love the sound of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, um, yeah. Italian and Spanish are very close, actually. Catalan and Italian would probably be closer than Italian or than Spanish. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I found Spanish. Spanish not too bad. Portuguese, I no, no grasp of Portuguese. That's well. close enough to Spanish. Well, uh, apparently the, the Portuguese can kind of understand the Spanish, but the Spanish can't understand the Portuguese, or vice versa in terms of language. Um, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was yeah, like I said, it's one. It's one of them. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, mm. uh, one of them is easier to understand. But yeah, no, I, I love I love Italian. It's melodic. Like it's just music. Mm. Yeah, the sound. Ciao bell. I, am, I remember. Just the opportunity to use the accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. When the girls is Italian, when the girls are new, and it's like, uh, and her boyfriend was trying to learn it, and he was, you know, he was decimate. He was just destroying the language. I'm like, no, no, it's like, uh, you know, vino, vino rosso, vino da casa, vino, vino bianco. And she's like, that's how you do it. That You gotta, you gotta put the, the, the sing into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's yeah. half the battle. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just, ah, but da 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 That'll be something. That'll be something to do. Go for it. Go from the ground. Next lockdown. Next lockdown. That's my next project. Exactly. Learn some Italian. Yeah. Sorry about it. Interrupted you there, but you with the Spanish. I was like, you you inspire me because you're always going on about how I inspire you. I was like, nah, that's a fucking good one. That's that's ah, nice one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good for your brain. It's good to keep you ticking Mm. over. Absolutely. And it will help you understand English a little bit better. Yeah. Proven to to increase. You know, great. Mm. Uh, brain matter yeah absolutely mm. um, back to, back so, to Sorry, yeah. man. so he he responded to a friend of his and he used a term that is um, a term of affection in South America but some people would deem it racist elsewhere mm-hmm. so as a result he said uh, it was to a friend of his who said well done on the game and he responded and as a result people went oh some people find that racist and he went okay delete deleted it and he put out a quick statement uh, with a picture of him with his friend who he was talking to arm in arm and he said basically he apologises he didn't realise that it was offensive but he knows now not to use this term anymore Mm. Um, but it was a term of affection in South America Mm. and now the FA are investigating him and there is a chance that he will face a fine or punishment as a result like it's, it's just a it really moral lynch mob, oh, man. It just it, it bugged the shit out of me. Reason being is because he's a human being. Mm. He made a mistake. 
he didn't realize he made a mistake. Mm. And he, when he made a mistake, he went, oh, okay, going to delete this and I'm going to apologize for anybody and I won't use this term anymore. I didn't realize that mm. it was mm. a racist or offensive term, mm. but now I realize I uh, won't do it anymore. Mm. So he... What, what was the what's the translators? What, what's the uh, translator? I don't know. Uh, I don't know the direct translation of it. Basically, it's a term of affection. Yeah. Uh, but some people would deem it to be racist. But, uh, you know, what annoyed me was he did everything by the book. He went, okay, mm. I, I've appeared to have made a mistake. He went above and beyond, I would have said. I would have just said, oh, I, I didn't mean it. This is the context we, we mean it. Absolutely. But now people want blood. They want flesh from him. You know, they want to punish him in public for being human. Mm. You know, like, we're not perfect. You know, no. you can't punish a human for being human. Yeah. You know, and it just, it really annoys me. And I just think that sometimes the mobs are out there. Yeah. To just make a point. Cancel and culture. Yeah, that's With it. TV yeah. stars and all of that kind of thing. And, and yeah, there's, yeah. there's another one for you. Um, mm. I've heard of a guy who had to resign recently because he used the term coloured. Coloured people. And... <sighs> That's a bit what, outdated, but... What, what sick, really like. annoyed me about that was, it was only what? when I was reading this, I went, oh, is coloured racist now? Mm. And I never knew coloured was a racist term. We were mm. always told in school, never say a black person. Never, yeah, that's racist. Yeah, you yeah. say coloured. Okay, yeah. right, okay, we'll do that. Because there was a few black guys in our school. Mm. So, you know, you're never to say black, it has to be coloured. You know, mm. you know, people in power, you'd have teachers, you'd have priests who were scolding you, don't say that, mm. that's mm. racist. It's coloured. Right, okay, I'm going to say coloured. Right, okay, coloured. And now, no, no, that's racist. You can say black again. Like, mm. come on, what did yeah. we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, look, it's okay to not know, but for fuck's sake, like, give, give, a, give a break. Like, did you ever see that Stephen Fry quote around being offended? Did you ever hear that one? No, no. Stephen Fry is his famous quote. It's, uh, it's now very common to hear people say, I'm rather offended by that, as if that gives them certain rights. It's equally nothing more than a whine. I find that offensive. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. It has no reason to be respected as a phrase. I'm offended by that. Well, so fucking what? <laughs> In The Guardian. Very good. <laughs> In 2005. He's got, some, he yeah. got some good ones, Stephen Fry. Mm. Um, mm. No, it just, it, it, it bugs me because, ah, yeah. put it you this can't way. can't make a mistake. Like. If you're a guy who, you're not on social media, you, you go to work in the morning, you're, let's say, a mechanic, and you work in your your garage, and you come home, and you know you spend time with your kids, your wife. Mm. might watch a bit of telly in the evening, and and that's it. How are you supposed to know that you can't say this anymore? That you have mm. to say this, and you know you could be attacked by the public if you say this. Like, yeah. Yeah. are there terms and conditions that go around? <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. are there adverts adverts that go out telling us not to do this anymore yeah. and how to do it? <laughs> no. I, didn't, I didn't get that fucking public service. No, one. nobody got yeah, yeah. me either. You know, didn't get that on LMFM there to broadcast that you can no longer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what is and isn't acceptable. But I mean, it's just uh, it 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 bugs the hell out of me that okay, if somebody can say to you, look, by the way, just so you know, you know, people, a lot of people would yeah, consider yeah, yeah. this offensive. Yeah. Okay, grand, I know now. As opposed to ah, mm. you're going to be punished. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're gonna have like to said, publicly. I'd say, I'd say he you, went. I'd say he stops. went above and beyond already, rather than just saying, "Oh, look, it's just uh, where I come from." But I mean, there it goes with context. I mean, as we talk about it, Italian is it Italian or South America that the, that the OK symbol is uh, it's highly offensive? Okay, I didn't um, know that. There yeah, you know, it's, else um, <laughs> it's either it's either Italian or Brazil or South America. But I think it's kind of it's gay. But I think it's kind of faggot toward toward the faggot end of gay or something like that right um i think it's like 
kind of symbolizes an asshole or oh, okay like right right so we know okay yeah bang on that's yeah. that's cool but to do it somewhere else is you know highly highly offensive yeah for him that's not offensive but people from somewhere else go that's highly offensive well i wasn't going out to offend you mm-hmm. i wasn't saying it to you i was yeah. i was saying it to my friend here yeah and it, again look at it in context his friend turned around to him and said uh well done on the good game mm. he wasn't offending him he yeah, wasn't yeah, starting yeah. an argument with him. Yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, what do you respond in kind to that with? Ah, you're on this, that and the other. No, you don't. You'd say, I believe they're investigating him and that's you, 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 fucking ridiculous. The fact that they are, yeah. And if, if he does get... Whatever for, look, the public, the public aren't going to go, oh, that's fucking offensive. You're always going to get them. You're always going to get the moral lynch mobs. Yeah, yeah. Whatever for that, like, but to be investigated for it is ridiculous, like. Absolutely. And what you'll have to do now is say, oh, well, no, fine, but he's agreed to donate X amount. Yeah. For what? Like, yeah. And then you, you know, have people coming out and say, oh, he needs to be educated. He needs to be educated. Well, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to sit down for two hours a week and what we can and can't say to people. And, jeez, mm. we're going to walk around like robots. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But the same about people going through, you know, comedians or TV stars, you know, finding tweets from 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Did you watch that uh, Kevin Hart documentary yes. on Netflix? Yeah, it was very he good. He came yeah. out, he he made the joke about if his son brought home a doll's house or something like that. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Back or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then this broke. Mm. But, you know, someone's taking the time to go, oh, let's go through all Kevin Hart's yeah. tweets there from yeah. 10 years ago, 15 Keep a copy of this, ago. keep a copy of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and you're guaranteed that... If somebody has a post up on Twitter to say, I apologize for causing offense, mm. you're guaranteed you click into the replies. Somebody oh. has a screenshot of it somewhere. So somebody yeah, yeah. went, oh, here, click, I'm going to get loads of likes and retweets out of this. Yeah. Are they money? No, they're not. Are they going to feed mm. your family? No, they're not. You know, mm. why bother? Yeah. Seriously, why bother your cancel, arse? This cancel culture, like, it's mm. just... No, it's it's bloody horrific. Now, the big question is, could you give up booze for a year? Now, a man who's almost passed the finish line in his campaign joins us on the podcast this week. Mr. Stephen Hannan, you're very welcome to Straight Talk on Mental Health. Thanks, guys. Good to hear. A sobriety year. Why on earth would you give up booze for a year? Sounds like hell to me. Yeah, yeah, it sounded like that to me at first as well. Um, it was, I suppose it was an idea I came around with um, for a number of reasons. Um, I felt I had to kind of in, in some circumstances, you know, and then I kind of wanted it for myself um, just to, you know, make make my own life a bit better. And when I was struggling with things and then I turned to booze and I'd make things then worse again. So, yeah. Uh, it kind of seemed to fit hand in hand, so I went with it, and it really has done me the world of good. You know, it's, it's, in a lot of ways, it's kind of been a new, fresh start for me, and uh, I'm delighted I did it. Yeah, um, what would happen when you drank? Uh, I suppose when I was struggling with things, and I turned to beer, you know, maybe to escape for a few hours, but sure, when you wake up the next morning, sure, that wasn't the case, you're after making things twice as bad, or you have yeah. new problems, or, you know, it's it just... And I just became kind of a different person when I drank, and uh, I didn't like it. People around me didn't like it, and mm. so I kind of had to learn to to live without it for a year, you know. Yeah, and has it been easy during lockdown? Because you can't go to the pub, <laughs> or is it difficult? Um, at the start, kind of when I started last Christmas around that time, it was a little bit harder because I was I was making myself like uh, kind of stick with it. Like this is your new normal, going to the pub with your few mates and having a few drinks and be able to do that and be in that. Uh, 
situation that I was able to do that. So that, at the start, was a little bit hard. Mm. But um, I kind of got used to it then after a while. And then lockdown came in. And yeah, sure, you might sit down to one of the lads' house to have a chat. and maybe having a drink and that. And it just became normal, you know. It made no odds to me, you know. I was doing yeah. it for me. And I was happy to have me Pepsi or Rock Shandy or whatever I was doing at the time, you know. So it just became normal. And after a while, it was my new normal. Mm. You said you were uh, struggling with a few things, uh, Steve. That that led to the led to having the beers in the first place. What was it that was uh, kind of uh, driven you towards that road? Yeah, well, um, I suppose as far as I started back in 2018, um, a relationship mine had a, had a stopped and finished, and um, I, I took that very hard. Um, I did with a guard for six years, around that, around six years, and. I suppose I got very comfortable and that was my thought that this was me and then that broke up, she broke it off of me mm. and um, I found that very hard and I suppose things just snowballed for me at that stage and just got very difficult and ultimately in April 2018 I tried to take my own life and um, uh, so I would have went and I got, uh, would have had a lot of help and stuff after that. I was in counseling, I was in St. Patrick University then for uh, the best part of a month and a half and different things and when I got back out and I got my feet a bit and I thought it was there I thought it was fine but then when I'd have a few drinks obviously the stuff that I hadn't really worked on mm-hmm. would all come rushing up and emotion and just you know drive me a bit mad you know just mm-hmm. the drinking mm-hmm. led me to be angry and just not happy because ultimately I hadn't dealt with those things deep down you know yeah yeah what well, was there a, a, an ultimate catalyst at the time when you did decide to uh, try to take your life uh, steve or was it just the the build-up of the breakup or was there one particular thing that just kind of set that decision uh, in your own it, head yeah it, it was built up i'd been working with her for a few weeks and i was i was upset and people kind of knew i was upset obviously like i'd been with the girl for a few years mm. and, um long time six years a long time yeah, well, the people like my mates and my family knew that I was upset ultimately, obviously. But I, I suppose I hid it very well from what I was really feeling, you know, mm-hmm. how much it was really breaking me up inside and what I was going through. And, um, yeah, it just it built up and built up and was eating away at me for a few weeks. And then ultimately one day I just made the, the decision I was going to take my life the next day. That was it. How were you going to do that, Stephen? Uh, well, I, I planned it. I was actually in work the day before, and I had a plan that I was going home. I had written letters to uh, the various people I cared about in my life, and uh, I, I tried to hang myself in the shed here. And um, I had been hanging for a couple of minutes. Um, I was nearly gone at that stage, but it was by the grace of God, I don't know what it was, because um, my sister came out and found me and cut me down and called an ambulance. It, it sounded a little bit morbid, uh, Steve, but as you were hanging there, did you have any regrets? Uh, there was no regret on my own part, I have to say. It was regret mm. in regard to, I knew that my family, my friends, the various people in my lives were going to be upset. But for myself, I suppose at the time it felt right, because mm. it was so much pain. I was, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, not that I would have laughed at people or anything like that before, I would have been like, I don't know, snap over a couple of phones. Like, you know, but when I went through it myself, it was absolute agony, internal agony, mm. you know, so, but no, there was no regret for me because I was in so much pain. Yeah, it was yeah. right for me at the time, but yeah, mm. I had a lot of regret and I was thinking about my family and friends a lot, but uh, no, I wasn't really thinking about myself. You know? Yeah, mm. and when, um, when your sister did find you and afterwards, how did, how did you feel after that point of being found and... 
Uh, I was actually asked that question a few times, mm. and it's, it's when I at first I was kind of like I was really upset because it didn't happen, or I, I was still here, you know. It yeah, he didn't more. complete. Yeah. But then it was kind of when I saw the expression and emotion and the sadness on my family's face and stuff, and I don't know, there was a part of me that kind of clicked with me then, and ultimately. It was a day later when my grandfather came in to see me and I'd have a very good relation with my grandfather, you know. And when I saw him, a man of 80-odd years, break down and uh, see, see how upset I had met him, that's when it kind of hit me that I was happy to still be here, that I was going to make this right. I was never going to try and do this again. Mm. I had to change something. Something had to had to give. Uh, I couldn't do this. Mm. After, after actually living through it, I knew they were going to be upset. Mm. But to live through it and see that emotion and feel it, I could never try and do anything like that to them again, you know. Mm. Mm. You said you were you went to St. Pat's, were you a resident in St. Pat's for the, the month and a half, was it? Or? Uh, yeah, so I would have been a, a resident for a month and then mm. I would have been up there in and out on a daily basis for two what weeks. What was that like? What, what was what was it like being in there for, for that month? Um, I'd be honest, I, I, I kept... Um, I kept a journal for the days I was in there mm. and I wrote in it daily what it was like and I read back on it a few times to come out and to read back about what you're seeing, what you're noticing, what I noticed at the time. Um, it, it was crazy. It really was crazy. At the time, I was like, I can't believe I'm in here mm. with mm. these people. And like, I was referring to these people as these people. Like, yeah, I was yeah. there these people. Well, yeah. I shouldn't be in here. But like, I came to realize realization of you're you're in here for a reason. You're mm. you're you're really in a bad place, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was it was it was absolutely it was goat wrenching. I, I I couldn't believe it, you know. Oh, it was it was hard. Um, because I've I've always been a real happy. I I've always been a somewhat confident fella. I always had things going for me, and to just wake up each morning in that bed and look around and realize the reason you're there you know it's a really hard thing at what point did you realize things were going right for you in St. Pat's that's a good question Um, I'd have to relate back kind of when my friends was coming up to see me Um, the lads would make it their business even though they'd have their busy schedules they were busy with training busy with football Mm. family members or their own wives Um, they'd make it their business to come up and see me and I suppose when they start to say to me, Jez, you look in a good form, you seem in good form, after a few weeks, that, that kind of, you know, that kind of meant a lot to me, you know, yeah. I, I kind of knew it was going in the right direction there, and my family were, were more sceptical at the time of coming around to that, is he really in a good place, or is he just hiding it? Mm. Um, I, it's hard to know, it really is hard to know. Um, I suppose when I started, when I got out, then to come home, to live, and to go up there and attend a daily basis, I, I would have started making a lot of uh, big strides then, you know? Okay. But um, I suppose I kind of fell back in the pattern um, a couple of months later then. Um, I suppose I had that to a lot of things. I was getting back to my feet. I got a new job. Um, I was back playing football with the lads. And I was, things seemed to be going right. Mm. But I suppose I was still missing that big part uh, I just saw a fart, you know, about a, a relationship. And, 
you know, like uh, caring for someone and stuff like that. So I suppose mm. I still had that big void in my in my life. Um, so I suppose going forward, not that I wanted to rush out and be like, oh, I need you to fill this, you know. So yeah. I started kind of months later now, uh, leading up to Christmas and around October time, I suppose. I would start dating a bit again and stuff like that. And I went a few dates and different girls and stuff and lovely girls. But um, I was just like, uh, I couldn't find a fit, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then I just stepped away from it. I was like, no, just take time for yourself. And one, Connor, one of my good mates, said to me, look, you just need to take time for yourself and be, be by yourself and learn to be by yourself. Mm. And um, I ultimately, I ended up uh, finding a lovely girl um, and she, we just hit it off. And... Um, I was very happy, but then she moved away and things happened, and I suppose I found myself back in a very dark place um, because uh, she, she had uh, made the decision to move away and stay away, and uh, so that was very difficult. I found myself in a very dark place uh, this time last year at Christmas, um, and I suppose I, uh, I was trying to substitute that again with booze again at that stage. So that's when I made that decision that if this isn't going to work, you just need to do this for yourself and stop thinking about relationships and like how can you look after someone or care for someone when you can't look after yourself mm-hmm. and that was a big thing for me that was a big turning point of realization for me how do i expect to find someone to care to care for me when i can't care for myself or care for anyone yeah you know? true mm-hmm. after the initial breakup i mean were your friends aware of how much heartbreak you were in or was it kind of putting on the brave face in front of the lads or asked her fuck out plenty more fish in the sea or should go out and get the rise to be grand or did you hide it? Did you mask it? I did. I did around, like, uh, as I said, I'd, I have a few mates that would be like brothers to me, you know, because I don't have any brothers myself, so I'd, I'd be mm. very close to them. And I talk about, I talk about anything with, with about four or five of them very closely, but I suppose uh, Connor would be one of my best mates, and mm. I, uh, he's kind of like me, you know, he, he's like me in a lot of ways, so I find it very easy to talk to him about it. So I would have shared with him a lot of stuff, um, how I was really feeling. But then when I'd be in the larger group of things, when I go to football training or when uh, all the mates be around, the group of six or seven of us, I would mask it. I'd mm. mask it a lot. I'd be laughing and joking and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, sure, i move on, whatever. And then when I'd step away from that group, I'd be absolutely dying inside, you know? Mm. Yeah. You're obviously, a, you're a GA man, Stephen. And uh, it's yeah. it's very much a lad culture, you know what I mean? The slag and the banter, the piss taking and all that kind of stuff. Lads nearly look for a weakness yeah. so they can give you a nickname or rip the piss. What was it yeah. like when you went back to your teammates after you attempted to take your own life? Were you nervous uh, of the reaction you were going to get? Um, I suppose I was in a lot of ways. I was embarrassed. Mm. And uh, I struggled with that for a long time. Just being embarrassed, like being in the dressing room, no, even when I was in the dressing room, I was fine. But like the thinking, the thoughts beforehand, I was like, I wonder if they're laughing at me. I wonder, yeah. or, like those kind of thoughts, you know. But um, before I went back training, uh, my football manager uh, Patrick Hill at the time uh, came up to see me in uh, Pat, and I, I would have been very close and uh, friendly with him. And uh, but he came up and he talked to me uh, for a good solid hour or two hours, and we talked about life and a lot of things and. I suppose he brought me around to the way of seeing things. Look, everyone's struggling with their own thing and different things. And he knows how much, not even just the GA, but the friendships that you have in that team. Mm-hmm. So he said, look, you focus on yourself for these few weeks and get yourself right up here. And um, when you're ready, 
you know, that place is there for you when you come back training. And okay. Well, I got around you. Yeah. So that was a comfort to me in, in so many ways. And I still, I still remember, and I, and I wrote it in the journal one of the days, um, when I got out of pass, I was coming up to my end of my term, and I was allowed home for the weekend before I got out. And the first thing I did, I came straight on, and I, and I went training with the team that morning. And uh, I suppose the uplift from that gave me just the background, not just the physical exercise end of it, it was the friendship, the companionship, yeah. it was getting out in the fresh air and, you what? know, just playing football, it took my mind off things, you know, yeah. so it was great in that aspect. What kind of reaction did you get, Stephen, from everybody? Yeah, it was nice. Um, they just said, look, it was, it's nice to have you back off, it was good to see in good form. Mm. And that was it then, you know, all right, let's go train. It, they didn't make a big thing about it. Yeah. acknowledged it and, uh, and I was happy to hear that but then it was like great let's move on to business which was great yeah yeah so it was recognised yeah. as said um, you know welcome back nice to see you and let's forget about it I presume that was a yeah. comfort for yourself because you can think right but let's focus on something else because I don't want all the eyes on me and everybody ask me how yeah, I am yeah. all the time just want to kind of get back to business was it yeah absolutely mm. absolutely it was great brilliant what, what was the point uh, Steve of uh, deciding okay drink drink is a problem what was well, uh, what was that moment for back you? to uh, going to 2018 and I came out and I had a few good months and I got on top of I won't say I was in a really bad place because I did get on top of a lot of stuff and I was dealing with being kind of by myself and stuff and then as I said I mentioned that relationship uh, that I met a lovely girl, but she moved away and mm. things happen and I made mistakes and I ultimately pushed her away and she stayed away then. It was leading up to Christmas this time last year that I was in such a dark place again, a really, really dark place. I had found this girl that I had a connection with that I'd never been with anyone mm. before. You know, she understood me. I didn't have to try and be someone else. I didn't have to hide what was after happening a weakness inside of me. I could just be myself around her and yeah. I found myself being un- ultimately unbelievably happy around her and different things like that, you know. So when she decided to stay away um, for herself and because of reasons that I pushed her away and then mistakes and stuff like that, that was the point. And it was that point that I said, I have to do something about my drinking. I'm not a good person with it and I need to change it and it wasn't even just the drinking it, be, it would have been fine if I went out and had a few drinks and that was it but I'd go out and I'd absolutely get hammered mm-hmm. and I couldn't throw myself to fall asleep with the talking shit I just wouldn't be a nice person to be around you know? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and um, so that was that was that was the real change point for me yeah mm-hmm. um, what we're trying to do here this evening is just break the stigma around mental health and talk about it as normal as you talk about the weather how did you find it when you came out first to speak about your mental health? Was it um, nerve-wracking or were you I conscious? I myself. I won't lie, yeah. I was absolutely bricking it. Mm. Um, I was so nervous. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, people's going to be laughing at me, this, that, and the other. Mm. I'm going to have to tell my side of the story, what really happened, this, that. And I suppose I just had a good chat with myself one of the days. Uh, and I suppose I, when I... But coming back, I, say, uh, I would have, when I came out with Pat then as well, I started seeing a counsellor in Cain. Uh, his name was Pat, and I just didn't find counselling did that for me when I was in Pat and this, that, and the other. And 
But I, I went and I met this man and a GA man and uh, a man, a lo- just a lovely man all in all. And he, he just, when I sat down with him, there was no taking notes. There was none of this use of big words. He just talked to me as a, as, from, as a peer-to-peer situation. Mm. And he, he just made me click, you know. And he talked to me about um, just being confident with what had happened and not, not be embarrassed. And, you know, so all the things he kind of went through with me and taught me to do kind of gave me that uh, bit of courage to say, all right, just, just be happy to go out here and be... I was a confident enough fella, and I still am, to go out here and say, this is after happening to me. I'm doing this because they don't want it to happen to any other people. Ultimately, I know it is. You can't help everyone. But if you can make uh, some sort of a change to someone's life with something you say or do or different ways of thinking or doing things, that um, you, you will be able to help. So he gave me that confidence to say, just do it. So I woke up a morning or, or, yeah, it was the morning after I had been in a counseling session with him. And... Um, I had to go chat myself and I said, you're going to do this. And you're doing it, number one, for yourself. And Because uh, I suppose a lot of ways it was helping me get out off my chest what had happened, you know. Mm. But in number two, it was to let other people know this happens. It's okay to feel shit. It's okay to be from this kind of a background, be a fella, be a GA fella, whatever it may be. Mm. And for this to happen and for to feel this way, it's not a weakness of anything, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, that really helped me, you know, in that, in that way, to be confident, uh, confident to talk about it. And I suppose making the videos for social media and being on the radio and talking to uh, people in the media, kind of knowing, like, you're doing something good here, you're, you're, you're telling your story, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're telling your story, you're telling people, because people know what happens, and they're saying, oh, sure, did you hear the young fella down the road? But they never know the reasons. They never understand what someone's really going through. They never know the ins mm-hmm. and outs. People don't know what to look for. They don't know how to interact with people. They, like So I was trying to give some broad basis of what you can do, what you can spot. You know, little kind of things that might might you, to me and you, might, might seem minuscule. To, but for someone that's really struggling in their mental health or in a dark place, that minuscule thing might, in a day, it might brighten up their life. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find that when you spoke openly about your mental health that more people opened up to you then? Uh, yeah, and um, it, was, it, was, it was absolutely gobsmacking. Like, you know that there's people dealing with their mental health and this, that, but just from my point of view, from people that I'd know all my life, people I'd know close to home, people you might think, happiest in the world yeah. and to hear that stuff like and be able to relate to them what they went through how they were feeling was absolutely it was it was terrifying but it was it was gobsmacking and, and it, but it, it did feel good to know that like you speaking out about it has helped them maybe to reach out and talk about it with someone else as well you know mm. yeah definitely Alan you obviously see it every day of the week that um mm. It's uh, it's impossible to tell what's going on in other people's lives. You know, everybody has a struggle to a certain degree. Not everybody's perfect. And that does help you on your recovery, doesn't it, Stephen? Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, sharing stories with people. And I suppose having been on the social media and the things and, and, and talking on the radio and then people will get in contact. And people mightn't just want to talk over messaging, mm-hmm. especially older people, so... They might want to meet up for a coffee and speak about things, you know, yeah. and understanding. Or, 
and there was even people like um, people who had lost someone, and they wanted to meet up just to, I suppose, get some sort of clarity about what people are thinking in that in that mindset or in that time, because unfortunately, um, they had lost people uh, through suicide, and they, they never understood or they never got that clarity as to why you would do or what they were feeling. Mm. So it, it was mm. also nice to meet these people and talk about everything that went on and maybe give them some sort of clarity or peace of mind uh, about that, you know? Yeah. Um, from the point you attempted to take her on life, Stephen, to now, what's changed in you since then? Uh, there's a lot of big changes, I'm happy to say, you know. Um, I would have met a planner for myself and people like uh, I try to get that message across to people like they might think that is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Don't do that. <laughs> but it was as simple as this: I sat down and I made a list of things I wanted to do for the year, and that was one to five, uh, one to six. Sorry. So I met them six goals. They were my six big goals for the year. So that was my major goals for the year. And I said, right, how am I going to do them? And I made little plans for myself. And I thought our goals said, right, I have to do this to get there. And so. I suppose by planning, making plans, making goals about where you want to be, just being happier with myself, you know, um, mm. uh, making small, like, just your change, your mindset, you know, um, about you're doing this for yourself, not making a big fuss about things, um, like, not panicking about things, not overthinking things, a big thing for me. Okay. Um, my relationship with my family is unbelievable now, you know, I would have had a fairly decent relationship with them but the relationship I have with my family now is absolutely unreal mm. which um, just makes me so happy you know and you can see that in my lifestyle and everything brilliant and my friendships and uh, I suppose the big one then as well ultimately I'll go back to that girl I've been seeing um, she ultimately came home and we met a stab at it again and things are going very well and that in, in oh, that brilliant. end of things as well wow know? speaking, speaking yeah. of your family Stephen how has your sister been after the event? Yeah, um, it was horrific for her. She mm. obviously struggled with nightmares and having things like that for a long time. So that was really difficult to see. And um, really, really hard. Uh, that was a horrible thing to see. But um, mm. she's done her own bit of work and she has her own support through her own friends, through me, her, her parents, and her, her own uh, partner as well. So she she's She's been coping quite well. Like everyone, you have your good and your bad days like that. Yeah. She she seems to be doing very well, and we have a, an unbelievable relationship now as well. I mean, it's very open and free flowing conversations we have. If she is going for something, or vice versa. Mm. But um, at the time, yeah, it was very difficult. She it was traumatizing. Yeah. Her, you know. I think that's somebody that people don't consider a whole lot is the person yeah. who finds the person who's attempted or has taken her own life. Alan, what would the common issues be around somebody finding somebody who's attempted suicide, you know, or what would that lead to in a person? I think Steve mentioned it there of, you know, that that, that traumatic experience and the mm. nightmares, flashbacks. When we had Carl Patterson on, Carl had found someone um, and his depression and stuff had kicked in around the anniversary of the time he found he found someone hanging. Uh, so, you know, trauma is anything that overwhelms the, the, the central nervous system um, and to come across something like that. And, you know, so to have nightmares, flashbacks, etc., you know, is, is, would be would be very common around around traumatic experiences like that. 
Yeah, and uh, it's good that your sister is getting help and she has a, a support network that likes yourself, the family or partner around her because I presume a lot of people wouldn't get help um, after stumbling upon a situation like that. They probably wouldn't. I said it need to say I need to be strong for that person who's mm. gone through this and they kind of mm. forget about their own well-being. Exactly. You know, and then yeah. It's further down the line that it creeps up and bites them in the arse, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so your year of sobriety is up on Christmas Eve. Um, would I be confident in saying you're not going to celebrate it with a few drinks? Um, I won't on Christmas Eve, no. But um, I will. I am looking forward to a glass of wine Christmas Eve. Okay. And uh, I suppose this year has kind of taught me, and I suppose for the wider Irish Republic, or public either, you know, it's that stigma of, oh, you have to go out and you're hammer drunk, have a good time, or if you drink fucking 12 pints, great lad or whatever. It, that doesn't really need to be the case. You can go out, you can sit, and you can have a you can have a, a mineral, you can have one glass of wine, you can have a bottle of beer, and you still have the same crack. Absolutely, you know? yeah, so yeah. That's something that this year has taught me. Um, I I find like that, maybe having a glass of wine or sitting down with your partner or friends mm. or whatever, having a chat or whatever. It, it, it's its own kind of. Um, it's its own kind of uh, help itself, you know, and yeah. it helps mm-hmm. you to unwind. And it's a kind of a therapy too, but with that too, it's a double-edged sword. You have to find that balance to not get absolutely hammer drunk. And But look, I, I am very happy and open to say that this year has made me change my life completely, you know. And I'm very confident to say that I'll be able to have a, enjoy a glass of wine or two here and there. And that'll be it, you know. Drink, mm-hmm. I won't be drinking to excess. I won't be going out and get a hammer and just be able to be normal and enjoy my few drinks and then that's the it you know not have any backlash or yeah. anything else to worry about you're not just doing the sobriety for yourself Steve you're, you're, you're doing it for a worthy cause as well yeah um, Pierre House and I suppose a lot of people have asked me will they get help from Pierre House and stuff which I didn't but I know some of my friends that has and I know a lot of people that have used the, used, used the service themselves and um, obviously they're are very minimal uh, government funding and stuff, so they're laying a lot of donations. So um, I went up and I, I, I met the man in, over the Athlone branch in the Midlands area, and um, he walked me through what's involved in uh, giving people cre- creating the service and giving people the help that they need. And like a thousand euro, like say for a person through, through walks in the door with like through assessments or whatever kind of therapies and stuff that they need. So mm. like. I said, right, this is this is the charity I'm going to run with. So I, I chose Pieta um, to, to help out because especially this year that'll be in it, you know, with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. uh, the services are absolutely blown off the off the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just they're just overwhelmed. So um but mm-hmm. they do absolutely tremendous work. There's no doubt about that. So um I, I chose them for for my cause. And what's your target, Stephen? Well, I started off at the start of the year, and I said, right, if I get 3,000 euro, it'd be great. So that was smashed in a week. Wow. So I said, right. So I kind of moved up to 5,000 then. And I think a month later or two months later, that was gone. So I said, right, I'll just go for 8,000. And I just at 8,000 now, I think it's 200 euro shorter. Wow. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, it kind of snowballed, you know. But uh, I'm delighted. It has. I was nervous. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm. And COVID came in, so mm. we did have things planned for the community base and yeah. stuff like that. But that started off becoming take place. So kind of after laying social media and people's just goodwill to uh, donate to the online 
um, through Instagram and Facebook and stuff to the, to the page. So, uh, yeah, so the overall made of support. Where can we donate? We'll share it on our social media anyways, but tell us where can we donate? Uh, yeah, so uh, my, my own personal Facebook page is Stephen Hannon, and um, the link is in my bio, or you can type in Steve's Sobriety of the Year. Um, that brings straight through it. Um, or on Instagram, uh, my name is Goss, G-O-S-S underscore gallery. And the link's in my bio for that as well. Brilliant. Fantastic. Right, let's leave it there. That is straight talk in mental health. Thanks to Steve Hannon, who's staying sober for the year. Right, if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can do so. You can get us on Twitter as well at STRA Talking Pod. You can get us on Instagram as well, or you can email us, just like Stephen did. If you want to get in touch, you want to share your story, we would love to hear from you. Straight Talking Podcast at gmail.com, or you can check out the. Da, 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 da. Brand new website. Yeah, there and we you go. don't have to email us on straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com because it's a bit of a mouthful. But you can find all of the information on the new website, stmhpodcast.com. And you can email us through there. You get all the social media on there. You'll find a bit about us. And we'll have uh, additional stuff on there as well. And you can just email us then at hello at stmhpodcast.com. No, how professional are we? We have a website. Yeah. Haha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair play, Focus, dude. I, need, I'll, I need I'll more work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we uh, what we normally do is we normally throw Alan under the bus with his inspirational quote, but uh, it's Stephen's turn this week. Uh, when I was in St. Patrick's University, I read a book. I was my sister actually brought it into me two days after I was there. And uh, it, it's by uh, a Calvin Gunn, uh, Alan Amara, and I read it and I related to a lot of the stuff in it. So just the name of his book, and he he he, he, he talked about it in the book, is best is yet to come. And it's very simple and very clear. And I suppose you have to just, when you're in a dark place and you're thinking about the, the worst and the, you're in the lowest head of depression or whatever, just say um, just say to yourself, the best is yet to come. Mental health. Mental health. Mental health. The mind is a devil.